Hello, everyone. I'm Kennedy. And I'm Vasilis. We run Changemaker Z, a student-run initiative that aims to empower, educate, and connect Gen Zers interested in entrepreneurship. We interview teenagers with impactful projects and create resources to help you change the world. If they can do it, so can you. On this podcast, we discuss the logistics of creating different types of projects with Gen Zers who have already done it. We will leave our social media and website information in the description. Welcome everyone to a brand new episode of the Dangerous Rise podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode since with us in the studio is Mateusz Piazak the Rising Portfolio Awarder for Wildlife Photography Competition for 2022, and Mateus graduated in Automatics and Robotics at the University of Science and Technology, but works as a website designer and professional photographer. Mateus, welcome to the show. So nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Thank you for inviting me to, to your po- podcast. Thank you so much for being with us today. So uh, you have done so many different things uh, until today, and like I, I really admire what you're doing. You, you you're doing photography, you're doing websites, you 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 have done science in the past. So my first question is, how did you get started with photography? What was your motivation behind it? So passion for nature was my first passion ever so i used to go out every every free moment after school or even before school and just just to watch birds and other animals and then i got a, a little camera to document my interesting observations but then i got kind of addicted to the camera so i wanted you know photos to be better and better and i started reading about photography learning from books from the internet so i quickly discovered i need a long lens and a better camera and so yeah after a few years i think i got one and then you know it was it was really amazing for me so that i could document like different moments that I saw in the nature, like at, let's say at sunrise, the bird just took off and I could document this moment and show, show it to my parents, to my, to my friends. So it was really nice. So I, I kept doing it and yeah, that's how it started. This is really amazing. Like you started as a beginner and you perfectionized your photography skills across the years. And then you were so passionate and wanted to keep doing that, sharing with the world what you were doing with your audience. It's just an example, a great example of how people are passionate about what they are doing. Yeah, so, ma- many, many times, many, many times I woke up at 3 or 4, 4 a.m. Then I went with the first bus to the local park or to the forest. I was. So you can capture the best image. Yes, at sunrise. And then I still came back for 8 a.m. to be present at school. And I kept doing it like every day nearly. So it was pretty demanding. But So, so this, this became literally your like parallel life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I had kind of two different lives. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. I love this. So amazing. 
Which are the challenges of being a wildlife photographer? Oh yeah, there are a lot of difficulties in, in being a wildlife photographer because this, you know, this is a kind of a tricky um, type of photography because when you, let's say, when you photograph humans or landscapes, they don't run, they don't run away from you. But when you want to photograph animals, they they do run away from you. So. You, you, you have to know your camera perfectly, but you also have to know how to hide, how, how to approach wildlife and animals so you can get close enough for a good photo. So I would say you have to be really, really patient um, because many times I have to sit six, eight hours in one place uh, covered with a camouflage net or just, just hiding in a little shelter in the bushes, you know, just, just to be invisible for animals. And many times they don't come. So I come home without any photo. But then after like, let's say one week of waiting in one place, when I finally have my shot, then it's really rewarding. And, you know, I'm happy. I, I was patient enough to, to photograph it. At least, uh, I, I imagine even if you didn't have, you know, the photo one day, you had an amazing experience trying to capture this photo. Yes, exactly, because when I'm sitting, in, let's say, at the pond at sunrise, I'm usually the only, the only human out there. There's only me and, and wildlife. So you have the chance to hear all those amazing voices and sounds of nature. And often animals have no idea that I'm there, so they come really close. And that's the really amazing experience that I'm happy I can document and show to other people. Would you say that photography was a career change from your studies in automatics and robotics? So, um, my photography journey was always... Um, I would say that the second path because mm-hmm. my my mind was always like oh let's go to the university to have the degree in like science or yes. maths but photography was like a passion from my heart uh, but as I got few awards in competitions and my photos got discovered by others I got some occasions to work as a photographer. And since few years, this, this changed. So I can say like, now this is my main work, which is great because this is also my passion. So it's, I think it's, it's, it's nice, really nice to, to have the passion and the work, which is the same thing, because then you can work all day and you are not you know, tired of it because you would do it anyway. Yes. Like you have to be passionate about what you're doing because if you are not, in the end, you won't you will like you will start disliking what you're doing. You won't find the motivation in your life and you won't be successful to what you're doing. Uh, exactly. Yes, exactly. So let's consider that you have captured an image uh, in the forest with an animal. Which are the steps of editing this image? Mm-hmm. So, um, I often take a lot of photos. 
because I want to capture the perfect moment, let's say when the bird uh, starts or takes off, I want to have the perfect frame uh, with the wings spread. And so I come home with thousands of photos. So the first process is to select the best ones, which takes a lot of time. And but. I want to make sure that I chose the the most sharp image and with the best pose. So when I have the like the selected image, then I crop it if needed. I open it in Lightroom or Photoshop. Um, I add some contrast and do the basic addition. But you know I don't want to over edit the photo. I prefer to spend more time in the field waiting for the perfect sunrise or the misty mornings than add it to in, in, in Photoshop. So when I edit my photos, I always try to go to the, um, like to show the, the view that I saw in the field. So that it's the, the most natural scene I, I observed. So yeah, when I edit my photo and I saved it and published it in the internet. This is really amazing. So I was wondering what makes an image stand out based on your personal experience? Like why do you think that image like is more preferable than other images from across, you know, all the images that exist online and people then discovering your work? Uh I think perspective is really important in wildlife photography. If you photograph from the eye level of the animal, you can blur the background and the foreground, foreground, leaving only the animal sharp in the frame. So when the, let's say a bird walks in the, in the mud or in like swims in the, in the water, you also have to be as slow as possible to get the best result. But if, the, let's say, a squirrel sits in the tree high above the ground, uh, you also have to find yourself on that tree. I used to bring ladders to the cemeteries to, to photograph owls, and, which was pretty funny, but at the end I got the, I got the nice shot. So yeah, the angle of view is really important, and also light. Mm, usually the best light for photography is at sunrise or at sunset. But I would also say the, the harder the conditions are, let's say the, I don't know, snowstorm or the heavy rain, the better the photos turned out because those conditions are kind of difficult and pretty rare to photograph in. But when you take a photo in those conditions, it stands out from the crowd, which is more likely to be, you know, the, the good shot. So yeah, the composition, the light, the perspective. And I would also say in wildlife photography, it's really important because, you know, it's easy to take a photo, but it's not easy to find yourself in the place uh, close to the animal that allows you to take the photo. So in wildlife photography, the, the knowledge about the animals is like the most important thing. Uh, usually when I take the photo, uh, it's just one moment, but days, like hours, days, even weeks before this, I spend in the field just only observing birds, animals, learning where there are. Yeah, yeah preparation is really, really important. Without preparation, 
you know, you can be lucky, you can take one photo or two, but without preparation, you, you know, it, it's really, really important. I understand what you're saying. Like, you want to scan the field to see where you can take the best perspective, to see from where the light is coming from and start imagining where you're going to position yourself in order to capture the image, like exactly a cinematographer would do to capture a video. But in this scenario, we have animals that they do not cooperate, that you don't yes. say, you will stand there and then I will capture this thing and we will repeat it as many times it's needed. Yes. So when I find a place, I then build a hide, like a little shelter, Uh, from the trees or the, the uh, I don't know, uh, the camouflage net. And then I go there before the sunrise and wait as long as needed. So from that moment, um, it's just a waiting game because animals are wild. And, you know, you, you can't really tell the bird to go here or go there. You just have to wait in silence. And sometimes they come and sometimes they not. So then you have to be really patient but, patient, but in the end, when they come, you have the, the photo. Congratulations for being awarded at the Rising Star Portfolio category for Wildlife Photography of the Year 2022, event by the National History Museum of London. How do you feel about this accomplishment? Thank you, thank you so much. I, I'm really happy that I got this award because... Um, I mean that's the that's the biggest award I've ever gotten so it's it's really important for me <laughs> thank you but um, I really like this award because um, this is not a award for a one photo but for the whole portfolio which means you have to show judges um, a series of your photos Uh, so it, I, I think it, it, it's much harder because those photos have to be coincident and like to match each other. And yeah, I, I like this competition because uh, this was the first competition uh, 10 years ago that I won. Uh, I was really small, I was really little back then and I didn't really spoke English back then. And I remember I got an email from, from, from the UK saying that one of my photos was, the, was awarded in this competition, the Yath category. And I was like, no, that must be a spam, a junk email. So I deleted it. And <laughs> yeah, and I didn't even tell my parents or anyone. But two weeks later, I got another email saying, oh, we invite you to, to award ceremony in London. And I was like, oh, wait, maybe that wasn't a junk email. So I showed it to my parents and they were like, oh, this seems legit. This is real. So, yeah, so two months later, we flew to London to, to the National, National History Museum of London. And yeah, that was like huge because I, I, I didn't even know what the competition was, to be honest. And it turned out to be the, the greatest competition of wildlife photography in the world. And yeah, so it was a huge honor for me to be there. And I'm really happy to could to be back this year. This is really, I don't know, this is challenging for someone who's trying to find 
to, to be assured that one way the work he is doing, even if it's in photography, podcasting, videos, whoever is the industry, the work that he is doing is going to be somehow awarded, not by a competition, but even the audience or, or the world. The world is going to, to find out the media and if they like what they are saying, they will be literally become the fans, the engaged audience. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know if this is for you, but for me, it's it's really inspiring when I got a, even one comment saying, oh, I like this photo. It's really inspiring for me because I'm happy that my work uh, is being liked by someone. Uh, and yeah, that that's yeah. just gives a huge motivation to just keep Keep going on. Keep going, yeah. It's like when you understand that your work is being discovered by others and by the time you hadn't realized that you have impacted someone's life somehow. Like when you're seeing a photo, you're feeling some emotions. So you're trying to find out how he captured this image. What's the, which are the emotions that they have been provoked? It's the same for the podcast as a podcaster and producer when I'm seeing, you know, the stats, trying to understand what type of podcast episodes I, I need to bring to the audience next. And then I'm seeing, oh, wow, I have 20K listens in two years, saying, oh, that means that I have 10K listens per year. And then you're receiving awards from Spotify or you're receiving offers from companies that they want to be advertised on the show and say, wait a minute, Something is here. Someone is like what I'm doing. This keeps me motivated, and at the same time, I'm I'm impacting people's lives. And at the same time, I'm so inspired, and I have the motivation to keep doing that. And I think that this is really the most uh, satisfying uh, thing that you that someone can feel. Yeah. Exactly. How was the process of competing with so many other photographers in the same category? And what did the experience look like with your trip in London this year? So the trip to London and the, the award ceremony was really, really inspiring because, you know, the, the, the award is one thing, but to be able to talk to other photographers, to attend this, this ceremony and to to see the you know like the legends of wildlife photography in one place from all over the world it's really inspiring and i think this is the most um, awarding thing in the whole competition just to you know to be yeah. able to talk to those people the connections that you're creating like you're doing with other photographers and you're inspired from them and maybe you have only read about them, you have seen their work, and here you have the chance to meet them in person and maybe discuss things about photos or even to become friends. So yes, I, I've yeah. met I've met few photographers from National Geographic or BBC Wildlife or Planet Earth. So it was you know I, I all I used to watch those uh, images and films in the. TV, TV or like Netflix and stuff like that. And now I have the possibility to talk to the authors of those works. So, yeah. This is really amazing. 
Um, I was wondering, do you have like a, a tremendous adventure while you were trying to capture the best photo that you would like to share with us? <laughs> yeah, so I I have many funny stories. And I can tell you one story that happened to me recently. I was trying to photograph a hoopoe. This is, I don't know if you, uh, probably you know this because this is a really common bird to France or Greece. Uh, it's called hoopoe. H-O-O-P-O-U probably. This is the bird with the punky irocase on the top of it. So I built a hide near the place where I knew this hoopoe was Uh, flying or sitting and it was near a barbed wire you know there was a the area area with grass probably some i don't know the cows were there uh, and there was a barbed wire so i in order to hide myself i built the hide under the tree under the willow tree near the barbed wire and from this Spot, I could photograph the hoopoe really nicely, but it turned out so. So I went to the hide before the sunrise. I waited like three hours, and I got the most amazing photos of, of hoopoes. But then it turned out that um, the tree that I was under was the only green tree on the whole area, and the farmer released a lot of cows to that area. So when they saw the only tree that is green, they all rushed on me and tried to, you know, eat the green branches of the tree. And which uh, result in, you know, the cows were, were all around me and were pushing me to, towards the barbed wire. So it was really, you know, in, in that moment, I, I had two feelings. I was really happy because I... I took the photo of a hoopoe, but I was also really terrified because I was surrounded with cows and I couldn't escape really because from one side there were cows and from the other there was a barbed wire. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. This is really a tremendous story, I think. This is crazy. And like when you're trying to capture, you know, the animals, do you, do you have done any research like... You told us about a hoopoe, so you search that this bird is called hoopoe, or like. So yeah, before before photographing, I have to find a bird. So I have to you know scout the area with my binoculars and you know just just to observe it. Mm. And when I find a good place, then I think of where you to build my hide. Yeah, and prepare myself. So yeah. Mm. So let's let's move on to another subject. You also love to play piano. Do you find a cross section between music and photography? Like, photography is one thing, music is another thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you like to combine them? What do you think about that? Yeah. So I, I've been playing uh, piano for. Uh, from a young kid. At the beginning, I didn't like it, by my, but my parents kind of forced me to do it. But after some years, I, I really liked it uh, and I kind of fell in love with it. So yeah, I've been playing piano for a long time. 
And I think there, it's really similar. I mean, some of the, like the, the music and the nature are really similar because many compositors and, you know, pianists um, took inspiration from uh, singing birds, for example. So you can find the melodies in music that you can hear in nature. And so it's, it's really similar. And yeah, I really like to combine those two passions one day where I play the piano on stage and present my photos in the background. So I, I did few of those uh, presentations in past and always people were really happy uh, when they saw it and even were coming to me after it with the tears in their, their eyes. So for me as an artist, this is like the biggest reward. Yeah, I agree with you. And I like the, the, the way that you said that you are an artist because you are an artist. You're an artist in photography and you're an artist in music. And I'm hoping that you will accomplish more times to combine these together because uh, I'm trying to imagine what you just explained. And I, I can only say that this is so beautiful uh, to be part of, of, an, of an event of this kind. How, how do you manage social media content and posts? We're talking about more than 500,000 followers on TikTok and 50,000 on Instagram. So how do you manage with all these you know, fans and engagement on the platforms? Uh, so it's, it's really hard to answer every comment, every message, because I would love to, but sometimes there are so many that I can't really read them all, which I'm really sorry for. <laughs> but it, you know, it, it's it's really um, when I think of the numbers, it's crazy because I, you know, I just want to share my photos and show them to other people. But it's also important to think of the the impact that my photos can bring and to show other people. So. It's also important to accept of nice photos, tell about the, um, the importance of, uh, you know, of our planet nature. And that's what I also try to do, you know, to tell the stories of like, you know, um, don't uh, leaving trash around and that, that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. To, uh... Like you want to create, you know, to motivate people to be more sustainable or to follow other campaigns like environmental friendly, for instance. Yeah, because in few years, uh, if we don't take care of our planet, those animals that are present today may not be present in future anymore. What are some of your upcoming projects or goals in the field of wildlife photography? So in, in January, I will be in, uh, in, in Switzerland for one month trying to, to photograph ibex and some vultures. So I will be uh, sleeping in a small cabin on the top of the mountain in the you know, freezing winter conditions, trying to, to get the perfect shot, but also to show the, the harsh environment that those animals live in. So it, those photos will be kind of more documenting the, the conditions and showing the species 
like the small species in 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 the winter conditions. So that's one that's one plan. And also in in 2023, I plan to host some workshops to Iceland, you know, photography workshops. So that's kind of a more long distance plans. So last question. Is there anything else you would like to share with us today? I can say that from from some time I started uh, doing videos of nature because I got a better camera which allowed me to record in slow motion. And I got really into it because many times you can show more than just through photography. Uh, You can show some behaviors of animals that are impossible to capture with the, with the stills footage. So yeah, it's, it's really nice. Mm, So I got more into it and I also try to record a, how, how, how do you say it? Like the back, uh, like the, the videos from the background showing me in the field. In the past, I was always showing just the results which were nice and people like oh this is nice this is nice but not many people realize uh, what what is the the way to to take this photo and now i try to kind of educate people how to do this photo so i like to show the whole process how i build the height how, how i wait and then the photo is just the you know the the top of of, of it just the result and I've observed that people people really liked it, and also the Instagram algorithm really likes the the video format nowadays. And would you say that you feel more confident nowadays to like, to document your life while doing photography? Yes, I also learned a lot about about uh, filming myself because in in photography you ha- you you take just one photo and that's it from one angle. But when you make a video, you need to record for, from a few different angles of view. So it's interesting uh, to watch. So in order to make one video, video, you have to take like from different clips, you know, to be visually appealing. So that's what I discovered and learned through my mistakes. But with every new video, I'm, you know, richer with the knowledge and try to correct my mistakes and do better videos. I think that we're arriving at the end of this episode. We had such an amazing conversation with Mateus about photography and wildlife photography. Uh, Some great points are patience are the key to your success. Be motivated and never give up, even if you're doing photography, broadcasting, photography, whatever and we're learning from our mistakes, of course. Thank you very much, Mateus, for being with us today and sharing your story. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're such an great inspiration for us here at the Gender Strike Podcast. Do not forget to install the Change Mercury app and explore the more Gender Strike content, thread.com articles, quotes, latest releases, and news from our feed as well. But until next time, do not forget to change the world. Bye! Thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. We had such a great time. Make sure to leave us a review. If you want more Changemakers content, you can follow us on Instagram at Gen Zers to Rise and on Facebook at Changemaker Z. Please.